The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. We're going to be talking about ways to protect your wealth in these uncertain times, specifically gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. Jerry, we've got some interesting news with F1 Racing in the spotlight. We'll come into that a little bit later. Um, and we've got some interesting things from the Reddit groups, um, kind of from the Wall Street silver side of things. But first, let's talk about the Titanic. This is something that's been in the news this past week. And uh, I think it's since everyone's sort of talking about Titanic and perhaps revisiting Titanic, I thought let's let's remind our listeners our side of the Titanic story, um, things that we've looked into in the past. And um, I would say one of the most interesting sides of this story is the fact that what we know from legend is that J.P. Morgan, who funded the building of the Titanic, if we're not mistaken, surprisingly on the day of or the, the day before decided to not take the Titanic, elected to hmm. um, forego being on its maiden voyage. Good call. And instead, um, a couple of families that were dead set against the, the creation of the Federal Reserve, such as the Astor family, and I believe um, the Guggenheim family, if I'm not mistaken there, You're right. um, they went on and perished um, with the Titanic, and therefore the two major impediments of pushing forward the Federal Reserve were no longer in the way. And they were then able to easily pass the Federal Reserve Act um, either the same year, I think, that, that or the following year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something interesting to note that had the Titanic not sank, um, we probably would not have seen a Federal Reserve or we would have seen something that was blocking the concept of private cabal mm-hmm. entity that owns the money system of the United States. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on and that? And that, that was the, uh, they embarked on this journey of, of controlling. And we, so when we talk about the cabal, yeah, it's, it's they, right? These are the, po- the, the powers that be. Um, fam- famously said, the Rothschild, give me the power to create the nation's money. And I care not who makes its laws. This is how important it was to the Kabbalists. They wanted it, they wanted this venture. They wanted the creation of the Federal Reserve, so that they can be in control of the money supply. And you know, imagine if we did not, if if that, uh, if that, if they were able to sail and uh, and the, the ship didn't sink and the families didn't die. And then you start to think about the fact that what ends up happening is this private faction that controls the money wants interest on the money and there's not enough of the actual currency in existence to pay back the the interest so you have to create debts to go into interest to be able to pay that interest back and the only way to continue to do that is to build the debt and build the debt and build the debt till you end up with a situation like what we have now where the debts are completely untenable speaking of debts 
the um, the debt in the U.S. has passed 32 trillion because they lifted the debt ceiling and they don't have to worry about it for another year and a half. So it's not surprising that they got to 32 trillion in debt. And there doesn't look like there's any end in sight for this. And this also leads into another story that you were um, that we, you were just discussing before we went on air about uh, the Pentagon using uh, finding funds, but who's controlling what they do with the funds is the is the bigger question. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exactly exactly it. Who is authorizing this? Um, just this week on Tuesday, the Pentagon a, a Pentagon accounting error gave another $6.2 billion tranche to the Ukraine. Um, and all of these it seems to be distractions with this with this submarine. Uh, the same day, J.P. Morgan Chase was fined by the SEC after mistakenly deleting 47 million emails, Jeremy. How much were they record. fined again? I think I did the math on this this weekend. So they, they, del- they deleted 47 million emails they got caught. They got fined something like seven or eight million dollars. Four million. Four million. So it works out to be about eight cents an email. It's kind of like Kinkos. Pretty they, much. They got eight cents a page to for for the deletion, and that's it. That's a slap on the wrist. Now, what was in those deletions? And the bigger question is: Is everything really deleted in this world? Nothing Does everything is. really disappear? We'll we'll have to see what happens with this. And the bigger question is: Why? How? Nobody accidentally deletes 47 million. Right. So back to this uh, Ukraine story. And very, again, it's, it's a weird story, Jeremy, about how does the Pentagon, who is responsible for, for the most sensitive and private information, have an accounting error that sends $6.2 billion across the ocean? Okay. Before we get into that, it reminded me of... Of right before 9-11, didn't Donald's Rum- Donald Rumsfeld come out and say, we're missing a whole bunch of money from that the Pentagon? The I don't remember how many billions was missing, but there was all of a sudden a bunch of money was missing from the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you would, you would think these people are very smart enough to be able to account for stuff, but somehow... I mean, I guess we'll trust them to make all sorts of decisions for our lives. Especially, but when it comes to money, we'll, we'll kind of give them a pass. Especially in this era. I mean, we are witnessing higher rates of inflation due to, due to their monetary spending, fiscal policies. They're doing a delicate dance between, you know, moving the inflation up higher, <clears throat> raising interest rates, and then their fiscal policy, they're just spending, their debt spending our currency into oblivion we are losing purchasing power ever since the creation of the federal reserve the currency has lost almost 90 percent plus eight ninety eight percent plus of its purchasing power and they're doing this so so help <laughs> me out surprising help me out with the story I, I didn't quite track it this week that they found six billion dollars and then gave it away is that right? They realized due to an accounting error, money went to the Ukraine. Oh, so they're okay. That that actually sounds more like a like a backtracking. Like, oh, yeah, yeah we sent extra money over there. Um, yeah, we we just realized we had done that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, that's like a teenager getting caught with the credit card. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I I did spend that money. I did buy that jacket that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Um, that's what it sounds that's like. That's what it was. But what we're, what we're, the reason we're discussing it is the fact that 
it's not just the Pentagon. It is governments in general that they have these uh, fiscal policies of spending and spending and spending. And I sent you that thing from Pierre Polyev talking to the panel uh, oh, about yeah. financing. And he just said, can anyone tell me where this money went? And no one would answer him. And he's like, any one of you is fine because you're all on the financial committee. While listening to the Jeopardy, Jeopardy song. Yeah, no one fantastic. would answer. Yeah, he was, he was stone cold in that one. Um, but it's, it's reckless. Yes. And when the spending becomes reckless, what happens is you have a corruption of the system. It's not to say that these people are crooks. It's just to say that they're now working within a corrupted system mm -hmm. where spending the money is too easy. They've all become uh, Veruca Salt from, from Willy Wonka. They all just, whatever you need, spend it, spend it, spend it. There's no leash. There's no constraints. And when you have that sort of corruption of the currency, you're very quickly going to have a currency that's going to get softer and softer and softer. And we're going to talk about the difference between soft currency and hard currencies. But it means that all of these currencies are on a path to destruction mm -hmm. and fragility. And you do not, you want to protect yourself against that sort of uh, destruction of a currency, that fragility, and that corruption. Mm -hmm. So how do you do it? We all have to live in, live with the Canadian dollar, but we know that they're spending it into oblivion. So what do you do? You want to own an asset that can't be spent into oblivion. You want to get out of harm's way and you want to own some physical assets in your portfolio like gold, like silver, silver being more undervalued than gold, Correct. having more industrial value to it as well. It's got a dual purpose of industrial and, uh, and monetary. And so, this is also going to lead to instability in the banks, something we'll get into a little later in the show as well. So how do you protect against this? And how do you take, take advantage of it? Is it an opportunity? Well, how much gold is in the world? How much silver is in the world? If, we, if everyone is going towards a hard asset to protect themselves from this uncertainty and fragility and corruption in a financial system, what does that do when everyone's trying to get into that one market? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? What would it look like if 3% goes to 6% in terms of money moving in? It's massive. It, it could be gigantuan. It could be huge. <laughs> Those derivatives <laughs> coming into gold. That I mean, we're talking about quadrillions of potential money coming into a very, very tiny and scarce market of gold, and the, the impact will just to send this through the roof and we're a coil, coiled spring in precious metals. So at Guildhall, what we do is we deal in only physical precious metals. We help people to own the actual physical product. You can do that in an RSP, a TFSA. You could buy it directly. Um, very quick, there was a story coming out of Korea, you said? Yeah. I mean, talking about physical, talking about physical, normalizing it there in South Korea. We saw a picture and an image that Nick sent um, about having, uh, you know, a a um, vending machine. A vending machine, right in the convenience store, selling grams of gold, right next to the chocolate bars and gum, normalizing that for the mindset there in the east, and that's exactly what's happening. The gold is heading from west to east at a very rapid pace, and so shall we. Yeah, let's talk about the normalization of physical gold and silver here in the west. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. More to come on the Real Money Show. 
on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, we just finished the segment where we're talking about the normalization of gold in, in, in the market, in the minds of people uh, that in Korea, South Korea, they now have vending machines, which I've seen before. We've seen that somewhere before. I think in Europe they were doing that mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, but this idea of normalizing it to the, to the extent of you can go out and just buy some grams of gold through a vending machine. I mean, That'd be bad for our business, I suppose, but great for everyone else. So unless I don't we, have a problem with it. it. <laughs> unless you already own it, in which case you say, oh, look at that. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about normalizing in the minds of people the idea of physical gold, physical silver, because at this time, there's still it's still a relatively small amount of the population that even understands physical gold or looking at it without being told that you're a crazy person, the way Mark Cuban last week we were talking about lashed said out. to lashed out to to Bill Maher about it, saying you're a crazy person if you want to own something physical, that something real. Stolen. But but before we get into that, um, let's talk about the week, the week that was in precious metals, actually kind of a crazy week in the market. Most people probably completely missed it, but pretty crazy week. Certainly was, Jeremy, and the main catalyst was Wednesday, Thursday, where last week, um, Jerome Powell, um, he kept rates on pause. We called it in the last week's show the hawkish pause, and that's what's been coined about this this rate pause. He didn't move on any interest rate hikes, even though, I mean, inflation's, inflation's continuing. Now, this Thursday, we actually had the main catalyst event for the price action recently seen in our markets. We saw a lot of dips and in, in, in a lot of dropping gold hitting uh, hitting through the support of 1930 silver, uh, dropping into the 2250 level right now. We could see potential further uh, dips along the way, but these are huge opportunities, which I'll get into. But um, this week, uh, Jerome Powell testified before Senate the, the Senate Banking Committee on the reasoning for the June rate skip, which we talked about last week. Again, Powell reiterated the central bank's hawkish stance, saying more rate hikes may be needed, adding that interest rates would move at a careful pace from here. We're at least least close, is what he says, to where we think our destination is. So there was a lot of jawboning, which is what Jawbone Powell does. He loves that microphone, as we do here in The Real Money Show, talking about the idiocy with this Federal Reserve and the chairman and how crazy this market really is when you have a market that is now dictated by speeches not by actions if he was really in an inflationary fight you're going to be swinging for the fences potentially raising interest rates even higher like volcker could or did but he's not doing that instead he chooses to use a speech and and coin this term hawkish pause so that was the cause of the price action this week and again we were seeing support on gold around the 1930 mark but this is a very big opportunity for us Canadians. I'm going to get into a little bit. Yeah, we'll definitely thoughts? get into the get into the opportunity here. Yeah, you know, I think that what's all what's with the obfuscating of everything? Why not be real? And we every week we comment on the fact that well, it's hard to be real when all of the data that you're using is completely skewed against you, that or it could just completely skewed in general and distorted. So you've got someone making decisions 
who has no who has no connection at all to the real world, completely living in a false reality, uh, making decisions using false false data or data that doesn't connect to anyone, and we're just supposed to follow it. And then at the same time, in my mind, I'm thinking this is all just because we've talked about the pivot on the show, the pivot, the pivot, the Fed mm -hmm. pivot. Well, if they leave things as they are, um, it, it's going to break, or they can keep raising rates and it's going to break. That it's just one massive game of Russian roulette. That's what it is. It's a dance. It's so you want to you want to you want to pause? Okay, you're not pausing the way Bernanke paused. You're not pausing the way Janet Yellen paused. We're talking; those were like three-year pauses where they didn't do anything. Well, what's a pause to the Fed these days? It's more like a pregnant pause of that moment before you pull the trigger again mm. on either raising rates or waiting for something else to happen to stop you from having to pull the trigger. Right. So I just feel like they're completely backed into a corner where we have to watch in real time the Russian roulette, and and in the meantime, everyone is looking to make financial decisions based on the fact that they've forced everyone into this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So this all comes back to you have to protect yourself against these idiots. Exactly. Right? We don't know the outcome of this delicate balancing act between high rates and high inflation, but we can take the steps to shield our portfolios, to shield our wealth. You're working very hard. And this is what I believe is normalizing it, uh, normalizing gold ownership and asset ownership in our in our in our era here in North America, everyone shops. Everyone has aspirations of owning a home. We have aspirations of getting out of debt, and they're now realizing. People are realizing. Wait a minute! I'm working more than I had to before. My dollar is not worth as much as it used to be. It's getting more risky. I'm getting more uncertain and scared. And but they're you know thankfully with social media and things like this, people are realizing hard asset ownership has a long history of maintaining its purchasing power during times of uncertainty, during times of hyperinflationary periods. And over time, it's tended to increase in value. It's an opportunity. And we're all looking for opportunities. We all want to buy something that's cheap on a deal. And we have this opportunity here, especially as Canadians, to get into the gold market right now. This is an amazing time. And, you know, there, it's one thing to see a situation where the markets come off a bit which was in line with a rise in open interest on the COMEX. The COMEX had some product move into the vaults from um, uh, into the registered section from eligible. But we don't know yet if the 5 million ounces, which is nothing, it's a drop in the bucket. Last year or a, a couple of years ago, they were at a, over 150 million ounces on the COMEX. They're now down to like 25 million ounces. And it's all probably moved to the east. Yeah. Right there's there's an arbitrage there. Higher premiums in the west, lower premiums in the east. They want the metal. It's all just moving that in that direction, and they're they're basically close to fumes on the comics for physical product. Doesn't matter to our to our uh, people that we work with, our clients that have physical metal. Already. None of it matters. Mm -hmm. We're all we're positioned. We're ready for whatever comes next. That's right. Um, but in that market, does that mean that when the market really takes off, they don't have the physical market to quote unquote, tamp it back down. So that's one aspect to keep in mind. You know, when you're looking at the price, you don't, you're just looking at the waves on the ocean. You don't see what's under what's going on, um, deeper down to understand what's going to hit later. 
So the comics is important in that regard. Very. Another thing that's important is the bricks. The bricks are getting together this summer. There's talk now. Jim Rickards was talking about this, who you know, famous author um, in the precious metal field, and this idea that the BRICS nations could come out this summer, and there's every week there's more and more countries that want to join the BRICS nations. GDP is already higher than the, the G7. Right. Uh, talking about potentially a BRICS plus currency that would be backed by gold. I think that's marked by the fact that other that they had a, a recent interloper mm -hmm. <laughs> for the BRICS. That's right. That's right. We talk about the West look uh, now in a position as you mentioned the gdp is much higher in the BRIC nations than here in the g7 so we're literally right now on the outside looking in trying to look in that glass what's going on with this uh, this new alliance that is growing that is that is actually fostering peace and deals and we noticed that just this past week indonesia will ban copper exports similar to what's happening in Mexico, you know, revisiting, re revisiting that mine closure, the largest silver mine in the world being shut down. We're seeing these, these countries that are now aligning themselves with the BRIC nations to actually standing up and doing something about their resources. This is a resource, a rich BRIC nation alliance. And just this past week, hilarious. The French president wished to become the first Western leader to be invited to a BRIC summit. And this was according to uh, the source of Politico. He wants to crash a summit. He wants to, to kind of w listen in on what China and Russia are talking about and their allies. And then a day after, the, uh, the day after, um, Russia says, Macron, no. He would be an inappropriate guest at the BRICS, says uh, says Putin in Russia. Yeah, I'm pretty, so they're like, no, you're not invited. I'm pretty sure you, if you want to be in the BRICS, you're probably... It's a point against you if you're if, if you're also a part of the World Economic Forum. But you know you have the BRICS potentially looking to back an an international currency with gold. You've got Comex physically draining physical product almost daily. Especially the trend is looking that way. Currently, you do see that prices are down. You have the fragility in the banking system. This is going to be a, a developing story with commercial banks, with the rise in interest rates, the, you know, there's going to be defaults and there's going to be banks that collapse. And it's only a matter of who's gonna, who's gonna stand up to protect. Will there be bailouts? Will there be bail-ins? Who's, you know, who's gonna be in harm's way when all of that starts to happen? Mm -hmm. And then as you mentioned, Jerry, you also have supply shortages. So you have the price down, which we could talk about. You have a down price, but you have all these reasons to be getting involved in the market protection the supply demand fundamentals the opportunities of a new of a new global currency around the world at least a competing currency let's call it and um and so there you have it the the fundamental play for precious metals can't look better to me it's more about the concern of the fragility of the banking system yes um you know you shouldn't need another um, another silicone bank issue to be scared to get out of the banks and have at least a position in precious metals, which is an asset that has no counterparty risk. We're all sitting here with massive amounts of counterparty risk 
if you're holding lots of cash in, a, in the bank. Mm -hmm. GICs, financial instruments. This is a time and a topic to discuss with you know your financial consultant, planner, you know, dealing with the real world issue of stagflation. I was just reading a good report from Ainsley uh, talking about the challenging economic landscape. We're, we're diving deeper in this complex relationship between high interest rates and high inflation. And according to the esteemed analyst, Lynn Alden, uh, she makes a huge argument for maintaining a gold portfolio in the impending stagflationary condition. So stagflation, this is a topic that we need to really identify, define it, what is it? High inflation equals low growth, which is horrible for stocks, but very good for gold and silver. This is the opportunity. Silver is your coiled spring to potential profits and economic freedom and growth in your portfolio. This is, is exactly what we need. Is that what happens during stagflation? Yes. Typically gold and silver do well? Yep. That's what we happened during the lost decade. It was 1970 to 1980. That was a stagflationary period. All the nifty 50 stocks, which were your IBMs, your Coca-Cola, your McDonald's, your FANG stocks of-, of, of Your blue you know, chips. Then. Exactly. Those got ravaged. Gold and silver, I talk about that a lot. Gold went up 838% and silver went up 1100%, 11 times. Where are we at today? 2250 an ounce what silver you, this is the opportunity what can you buy for 2250 these days right a couple that, coffees like this well invest in a couple copies a couple co couple coffees <laughs> get them I, I, i'm gonna get I'm, we're gonna take a break and i'm gonna <laughs> have a coffee right now and uh be able to speak properly let's get back to normalizing wall street bets this is all about the opportunity that's right in front of us right now to take advantage of these inflationary times as well as the fragility in the banks Let's get to prosperity. How do we get to prosperity? We'll talk about that in the next segment. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Remember, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. This is The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall, we only deal in physical precious metals. If you've never purchased metals before, we always recommend that you start small. Crawl, walk, run. Pick up an ounce of gold, maybe a, a, a couple grams as we were talking about what they're doing in, in South Korea. It's a great way to just get just get your hands on some physical product, even a tube of silver maples. Uh, for myself, Jerry, I love the five gram bars. I think they're a great gift. They're getting a little expensive now, but you know, you have um, someone has a baby, a wedding, whatever. They're great, the great gift. Uh, bar mitzvah. You know, you teach people by giving them silver, giving them some gold. There's no better gift. And uh, it's a great way to start small. And once you have that physical product in your hand for the first time, there's that aha moment. And we love to see it at the office. There is an aha moment when you hold that physical 100-ounce bar of silver, that 6.5-pound of dense weight, and then you put an ice cube on it and you watch how quickly it melts mm -hmm. uh, because it conducts, uh, conducts electricity and heat so well and uh and then you can move up from there you can move into physical storage you could just continue to stack or you could look at a registered account like an rsp or a tfsa now we have to talk about this new home buyers 
um, account. I forget what it's called. Um, it's it's a new buyer's account. It's a lot like a TFSA. It's called a first home first time home savings account. Preach. So it works like a, a TFSA, but when you put your funds into it, it's deferred. All right. When you take the money out, no taxes. So as, <laughs> as, as our colleague Nick said, it's as if the RSP and TFSA had a baby. Oh, right now, right now, the annual amount is at 8,000, but that's going to increase every year like the TFSA. And so this is something to consider. If you are trying to save for your first home, please consider putting physical gold and silver in it. Because if you look at the track record of gold and Canadian dollars, it beats inflation. Now, $8,000 is not a down payment on a home. This, we understand that this is going to be a longer-term prospect. But if you look at the, the gains of physical gold against a fiat currency, and we're happy to do the math with you, and it doesn't have to be the only thing you put in this type of account, but if you start to understand how much gold will increase in purchasing power against a devaluing currency, it starts to become a no-brainer that you have to have a little bit of that in the portfolio. Exactly. And it would make so much sense when you start to think about how many ounces of gold does it take to buy a house? Just think about it. Do the math. Just do the math on how many ounces of gold it takes to buy a house in Toronto these days. And then think about where it's going to be in the next 5, 10 years as potentially a housing crash, financial collapse. Um, there's there's going to be some sort of reckoning. There's no doubt about that. Come on, guys. Come on, let's get real. Let's 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 not go to let's not just pretend that everything is just going to be okay here, la, la, la. and that they can just print themselves to prosperity and tax us into prosperity. Okay, there's not a country out there that taxed itself to prosperity, ever in the world, That's right. ever, and and just taking from the rich and giving to the people who don't deserve it or don't want to work for it is not the answer either. Okay, let us keep our money, and you will see how charitable we can be. Right. Okay. So we need capitalism to work and we don't need communism mm -hmm. that we will give freely. Do the, do the, his, read the history. Okay. And history shows at the end of uh, that stagflationary period of 1970 to 1980, uh, 1100 out, uh, 1100% in gold in silver. That's when uh, the silver to gold ratio went from where we are today at 85 to one down to 20 to one. In 1980, you'd be in able to buy a house ounces, for like a hundred and something ounces. Two thousand ounces of silver bought yourself an average home in the U.S. And if this is the goal of home ownership without mortgage debt and interest rate fears, variable rates, this is the solution. So that's an amazing plan. How? Where do I sign up? Where do I sign? Well, up? you give us a call, Jerry. That's it. You just call us one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. Talk to us. We'll we'll show you how it works. And if you want to do it in an RSP. We can help you get physical gold in RSP, um, maybe a LIF, a RIF, a Lira. If, if your portfolio isn't performing, let us show you what gold and silver have done over the years and look at the facts of what can happen with gold and silver right now. And I think you'll be excited to want to put some of it, at least do a partial transfer to see what it could do for you in this market. Jerry, let's talk about Wall Street bets. Yeah, you know this is this is very um, very alarming to me. Last night when I read this, I had to actually post this myself. So, um, Wall Street bets famously, um, you know, they came to the market a couple of years back. They introduced the idea of let's go long 
against the hedge funds that are now shorting the most hated stocks in the world, which would be AMC theaters, Bed Bath and Beyond, and many others. So they would gather together. GameStop. A GameStop. And Wall Street Bets is a forum on Reddit, and these these investors will pool their money and, and mobilize each other to go towards a potential opportunity. And one of the moderators, I'm not too certain who this person was, uh, but this is what the person wrote on Wall Street Bets last night. Housing, housing prices in Canada are so absurd that young people and new immigrants can no longer afford rent and mortgages. The current rate hike cycle will become the tipping point that pushes thousands of mortgages into default. Already, food bank use in Canada is skyrocketing. Refugees are sleeping on the streets because shelters are already full of homeless people. At least one of the major Canadian banks, whether it be RBC, CIBC, TD, or BMO, will, fi- will fail and likely and, and like a falling house of cards, will bring down the other banks with them. The CMHC, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corp, the government housing corporation that's supposed to insure mortgages, will run out of cash within six months. All it will take is a mild recession, the current rate hike cycle, and the Canadian economy, which is driven by real estate and associated mortgage banking. Financials will crash. I'm shorting RBC, he says. Wall Street bets, whales, and goldfish. This will be worse than the U.S. housing crash of 2008. Place your bets. I'm placing mine. End quote. So this was shocking to me. I didn't like the sound of it. It was very doomish. But, you know, these points are factual. You know, the, we already know with reports from, um, you know, the the big banks, big secret that was written by the um, the Canadian Centre of Policy Alternatives really went into the numbers and figures on how weak the banking system was in Canada in 2008. So I don't think he's lying uh, one bit. There's a lot of risks. Can it get that bad? We will. I mean, we, there's only one way to find out. We just have to ride through this. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting there trying to short banks. I'd just be more for myself. I think it's just more about protecting yourself against um, the fragility of things and that things are uncertain and that how do you protect against that? You want something solid, and that's what gold and silver have done for thousands of years. They are real money, and real money is a store of value. And if I'm going to give myself over to counterparty risk, I want to counteract counterparty risk by having a physical asset that has no counterparty risk. And so gold becomes so important and pivotal in these times. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. More to come on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. We've been talking about the fact that there has been a dip over the last week and a half in precious metals. This is totally normal in these markets. We always see ups and downs, and uh, it's all about the long-term trend, and the long-term trend is definitely up in the precious metals. Uh, last year, Jerry, we saw a magnificent rise in precious metals between, I want to say, October through January, February, there was just one good run. And uh, we've seen a little bit of that also early this year. We've seen some good runs in the market. And if there, if you've got your product, great. You're not looking to trade this market. If you can cost average, fantastic. If not, hold on tight because this is going to be an exciting market to be a part of over the next few years. Why? Because there's just not enough metal out there. There's just not enough. And when we look at the supply shortages, coming on when we see people panicking into the market which there will be panics into this market 
And again, I'm going to repeat it over and over again. The financial markets are fragile. Don't let anyone tell you that these debts make it certain. And when you add, when you add dynamite into the mix of rising interest rates after years of low interest rates and the malinvestment, as they call it, that happens as a result, it's just, it's just going to be dynamite into what's going to happen. And you want to be out of harm's way. And one of the best ways to be out of harm's way is, is physical precious metals. Holding a currency is not necessarily going to be the answer. Um, sometimes gold is higher in certain currencies, and I've had some clients ask about that. And the reason is, is because there used to be hard and soft currencies. What is that? That means that there was a time where the the US dollar was as good as gold. Maybe Swiss francs were the place to be. If you had a softer currency, you'd say, okay, I'm going to hold a stronger currency that would be known as a hard currency, something where the value of it would be maintained. That is gone. There are no hard currencies in the world. They are all soft currencies. When we're looking at, at gold, we're not looking necessarily at a currency. Yes, gold has been a currency in the past. Silver has been a currency in the past, but they are money. They are a store of value. Yes, they could be a unit of exchange, but they are a store of value. And that's why it's important to have a little bit of that in your portfolio because it's negatively correlated to the actual currencies that have all gone soft. That's the, that's the number one reason for me. You have to find that perfect diversifier that very asset that is inversely correlated to the U.S. dollar and the financial instruments that we need to protect away from. And look at the charts, look at the data, look at the math. The most inversely correlated is gold and silver, the best portfolio inf insulators right now in this era. And definitely, remarkably, so underappreciated is that silver, despite approaching supply trains, uh, constraints, it's so undervalued, so underappreciated. So we're going to spend some time a little bit in a little bit to talk about the silver fundamentals coming up, but about this Canadian calling on all Canadians from across Canada. This is the the best opportunity to look at the silver and gold market. And I'll explain why. So seasonally, summer months tend to be softer. So we anticipate this little dip that we're seeing a very temporary knee jerk dip because of some speeches that are happening on a podium from the Federal Reserve member. But a Canadian dollar buying update for gold number one. The Canadian dollar hit a 39-week high versus the U.S. dollar. All right, so the loonie's moving up higher. Gold USD hits a three-month low. Now, coming from a currency standpoint, I used to be a currency trader at the bank prior to me joining here 10 years ago. The Canadian dollar is considered a commodity currency or a petrocurrency. And according to this 30-year chart that I have in front of me, we have a deep correlation between commodities and the gold price. They move in lockstep. Okay. So normally what should happen as gold and silver dip that we've seen in the past three months, the loonie should also be dipping. No, no, no. We're actually seeing the Canadian dollar strengthen at the, si at the same time of gold dropping. What, what would be creating that? Well, the pause was one for the, the Federal Reserve um, and the Canadian dollar is being supported by furthering potential rate hikes. Um, and... You know, this is just a time to be in the Canadian dollar. Apparently, a lot of um, a lot of the naysayers over the past week were actually doubting the Fed's rate path. 
So the Canadian dollar is moving higher and appreciating. So this is creating a very temporary short-term window for all Canadians to take advantage of the little bit of purchasing power that we have with the loonie, the dip in the market, and the gold and the silver and U.S. dollars. Take advantage. This is the time to give us a call. Check out the website, guildhallpreciousmetals.com. Get your hands in some physical. We do offer some you know, gold bars, silver bars, coins if you want to buy some coins. Gold philharmonics, those are very popular as well. So, so what you're saying is that the strength and the 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 loony strength is is giving you an opportunity to buy precious metals at a better rate. That's right, because it's valued in U.S. dollars. Yeah, because we we often tend to watch the gold price, you know, dropping, not knowing that the loony's also dropping. So that's right. usually the case. But right. this time around, you're actually having a little bit of strength in the loony, which is uh, which is the time. This is the time that I look at the market. So you, it's a, it's basically a bonus. Exactly. The, the, ra- the prices of precious metals are down a little bit, but then you've got the strength of the loony to, to give you even more of a leg up in getting involved in the market. So if you're in a position to acquire more stacks of metals, great. If you've never been involved in the market before, the lower you buy, the lower your risk, the bigger the upside reward. So this is a great time to be thinking about getting involved in the market. Jerry, I think we've covered a lot today. We've talked about central banks playing Russian roulette with the interest rates. We've talked about uh, BRICS coming on strong. We've talked about the COMEX losing massive amounts of product. They've gained a little bit, but it looks like that's going to wear itself out pretty quick. The prices are down. The banking system does not look like a place you want to really be long term. Any some final closing thoughts on the show today? Yeah, some fun fact. I did mention, I did plug the Gold Philharmonic just as a plug because in a couple of weeks we're going to be celebrating or we'll be watching the, uh, the, the F1 race. I'm a big F1 fan, racing fan, July 2nd in Austria, in home of the Austrian Philharmonic Gold coin. Check out their latest tweet at McLaren, McLaren F1. You're going to see their McLaren vehicles laced with gold and the heat shield. Why? They're using 22 karat gold in strategic positions to optimize performance. It's all to do with heat shielding. And we know that gold is used in circuitry, space stations. So we often think that gold is just monetary. No, it actually has immense industrial attributes as well. It stabilizes temperature, reflects infrared radiation. Um, It's malleable. Gold's incredible incredible malleability enables it to be processed into very thin film, and that's what you're seeing. 22 karat. This is 91% pure gold in these McLaren vehicles. So let's go Team McLaren. Ending on a nice light note and knowing that, hey, you can use your gold for more than just keeping it in a safe and just storing it. There's lots of other uses for it. Uh, the number one eight seven seven eight is over the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you all our listeners for joining. Uh, it's such a pleasure to speak with you every week, and we can't wait to speak to you next week here on The Real Money Show on 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.